0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Welcome to the Dr. Karen Can Radio Show. The intention of this show is to empower and inspire you to manifest the life of your dreams, whether it's radiant health, prosperity, loving relationships, or simply peace of mind. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm your host, Dr. Karen Can, author, number one bestseller, Guide to Healing Chronic Pain, A Holistic Approach. And if you don't have a copy of my book, you can go to my website, www.karenkahn.com, and get a free sex uh, chapter excerpt. And actually, I'm fixing up my website this week, so... Come back next week <laughs> to get get your uh, get your free chapter. Um, so today we're going to be talking about diet sodas, aspartame, sweet and some of these other what I consider toxins um, in our bodies. And uh, in, in in my office, I have a profile form where people you know new patients come in and they fill out their profile and they ask some questions and a few years ago i started asking them uh, what i call safety assessment questions which isn't normally in the doctor form but i added them in things like you know do you have cell phones and you know you know where's your router and you know for emf toxicity then i have a question at the top of it like do you use artificial sweeteners and do you use you know msg a lot of people don't know if they are doing msg but they definitely know if they're doing artificial sweeteners and uh, a couple of uh, patients recently um you know, one man I just saw the other day uh, was having a neurologic issue. Uh, one of his nerves wasn't working. And he just happened to mention in passing that he would do these fainting spells. And I thought, well, that's odd. He was on a lot of medication, but I still thought that was pretty odd. And then this other woman would have these weird, you know, neurological crises all of a sudden. And what was really interesting is both these folks were completely addicted to diet soda. And um, I knew that, you know, I told them, well, it's a neurotoxin, you got to stop it. But what I didn't know was how the degree to which people actually suffer with aspartame toxicity. And I know it created toxins in the body, but I had kind of a rudimentary understanding of it all. But today we're going to be interviewing filmmaker Corey Brackett, who created two wonderful films, sweet misery and sweet remedy and uh, we're going to be talking to her about this aspartame issue and why it is actually a really big deal that people really do need to know about it and how dangerous it is in fact after watching the film i was you know facebooking everybody go you gotta watch this now <laughs> my my in-laws you know i'm like sending them i'm like you know email like you gotta watch this you gotta tell everybody about it you know so i was so excited um so uh Corey is uh, someone that knows from firsthand experience uh, what it's like uh, to be ill. Just like for me, I had fibromyalgia. Um, I'm going to let Corey tell her story. But uh, I'm so thrilled to have you on the show today, Corey. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you, Dr. Karen. It's great to be here. I appreciate you having me on your show.
1: Oh, my pleasure. It's absolutely our pleasure. So I, like I said, I have kind of a rudimentary understanding um of, you know, the whole Aspartame thing, and I heard through the grapevine about how the, you know, the FDA passed it, and in fact, one of my hairdressers in the past said one of her professors, who I guess was a personal friend of somebody in the FDA, um, basically said, uh, and I don't know what class it was, but he says, if you don't learn anything else in this class, I want you to do one thing, never, ever put that stuff in your body. (laughs) And it was at that point where I was like, really? He said that? And she's like, oh, yeah. Uh, she's like, I don't really know why, but he says it's really bad, and he knows the person that, you know, did some studies on it. And and so at that point I was like, oh, maybe I should start telling people not to eat it. <laughs> but what's your personal yeah. experience, Corey? Why did you get into making these films in the first place?
0: Well, you know, um, Dr. Karen, in 2001, I was a really unconscious eater. I didn't really think about what I was putting into my body. I didn't think about the correlation between that and my health. And I was drinking about a six-pack of diet soda per day for about 20 years. And then, as I said, in 2001, by November of that year, I was beginning to experience paresthesia in my legs and feet, which is numbness and tingling for those who don't know. And it was a strange feeling. It kind of felt like my hands and feet were going asleep, and I thought at first it was maybe I was sleeping wrong or something and it would begin to um get better as the day progressed. But then slowly it became constant, and I had this sinking feeling in the pit of my stomach. I knew something was seriously wrong this was not how it should be in the world of right. my life. And I went to a doctor who sent me to a neurologist, and she gave me an MRI, and then she put the the films up on the screen, and she went, hmm, very interesting. You have the largest lesion in the center of your head that I've ever seen. Huh? And I was like, what? This is my head. You can't be telling me about it like it's interesting, like you're so attached. Yeah, like you're a lab rat. <laughs> it was horrible. And then um, I got diagnosed with MS and slowly degenerated until I was, uh, I had slurred speech and double vision. I couldn't write anything. My handwriting was all shaky and squiggly and so forth and eventually I was in a wheelchair and my neurologist told me I asked her about being in a wheelchair and she said well once you're in a wheelchair always in a wheelchair (laughs) (laughs) which really really affected me and I but but it didn't affect me because I just didn't listen to her And I was like, okay, well, that's what you say. But somehow I always knew I would get better, and that was the amazing thing. I always just deep down in the the pit of my gut, I knew that I was going to get better. And I kept... I did a lot of research, and at that point I could only type about 10 words a minute, so I was hunting and pecking as best I could. But I was able to figure out that there was – aspartame and MS kept coming up, and since I had been a very strong um, consumer of aspartame-containing products, especially diet soda for me, I um, – I went, hmm, maybe there's something here, and I had been off it by that point um, because I had also read an article before I got sick. And um, it was just something inside of me told me that, and I did everything I could to get better. I did kind of a shotgun approach, splattering my body with... (laughs) Um, supplements and minerals and and detoxification protocols And everything I could think of And I also, I, I, first of all, I have to tell you, Dr. Karen That I'm not a doctor like you I can't tell anybody what to do I can only tell you my personal story But I went against the advice of all of my doctors And I went to... I went everywhere I could think of to get better, and um, including the Mayo Clinic. I went to Andrew Weil's wow. clinic. I went all over the place, but I exercised like crazy, and my doctors told me to rest and not exert myself and everything else. But I started up started out raising my hands just as far as like my chest because that was all I could do. And then I would push myself to, to raise them higher every day until I could raise them over my head. And then I began pushing it up against the wheelchair until I could stand up and did like that 40 or 50 times a day as much as I could Every, you know, hour or so, I was standing up. Wow. And then after that, I was just walking back and forth from my front door to my back door and back and forth again until I was walking four to six miles every day. And I also think uh, acupuncture was extremely helpful for me.
1: Excellent. And
0: Chinese herbs
1: gotcha. And did you actually do like any sort of detox regimen at all?
0: Well, I um drinking a lot of water. I um eliminated meat from my diet and I was mm-hmm. a strict uh fish eating vegan and I tried to avoid mercury heavy fish but right. that was pretty much what I did then. I went on the swank diet, which I wouldn't necessarily recommend to anyone. It's a diet that was big in the 70s. And but it worked for it helped me, but I have learned since then from Dr. Joseph Mercola that uh, metabolic typing is important when you do the swank diet because it's a only works with a particular metabolic type, and there are a lot of different metabolic types. So that's important to get yourself checked out with that and see what will work for you. But really I did um, a lot of like selenium and turmeric and um, Mm. mushrooms and cordyceps and lion's mane different things like that, anything I could think of to get myself better. I tried craniosacral therapy and Mm -hmm. meditation. Meditation I found very helpful, too.
1: Mm, Nice. Oh, that's wonderful. Um, I I remember part of your – in your film, um, I think the first one, uh, Sweet Misery, where one of the uh, people that you interviewed was talking about – how sometimes the industry will say well we naturally have MSG you know in our uh in our food and we naturally have you know aspartic acid or which is part of aspartame um and uh, some of the other uh amino acids the phenylalanine and then um i think the methyl ester and i can't remember unfortunately which one of those substances but i remember one of them saying that in the food supply, it's actually attached to, um, you know, the, the uh, I think, pectin. Uh, yeah, remember that? that's um, aspartame.
0: Yes, yeah. yeah. so that yeah, was so Dr. Like Ralph
1: Walton. Yeah, and I thought, yeah, well, it, isn't that interesting that you can't, we don't have the enzyme to cleave that piece off the pectin from, you know, fruits and vegetables, and therefore it doesn't, Show up as a major toxin in our bodies when we eat it naturally, can you explain that a little bit?
0: exactly, yeah, that was primarily the methanol content in fruits and uh, in fruits and vegetables that the industry in their gymnastics that they very <laughs> often do to say that a substance is safe when it 's not, they will just finagle the Doctor the book, so to speak, or um, cook fudge the science, uh, and mm. be able to say what is good for you and fine for you when it's not. That's my opinion, but that has been something that is substantiated by years of research and experience, personal and listening to a, and other people's stories um the fruit and vegetables have pectin in them but they also have methanol but the methanol binds to pectin so it goes through the body and the body can absorb it like a toxin but in aspartame it's free methyl alcohol free methanol and so therefore it it runs rampant in your body And it becomes extremely problematic. Methanol is a poison, a real poison. A tablespoon of pure methanol will kill a person. And in aspartame, it's only 10% of the aspartame molecule, but it's still, you know, it can add up to quite a bit, especially if you're drinking a six pack a day like I was.
1: So, do you have any idea how much methanol that was? If a tablespoon would kill somebody, like how, was that, like you know, like a one hundredth of a tablespoon, or like six pack of uh, that's of, of a diet good soda? question.
0: I can tell you that a liter of diet soda contains about the equivalent of methanol as is in two packs of cigarettes. Ah,
1: okay, but I
0: can't exactly tell you what the amount is for diet soda, you know, to make up that tablespoon. But I think it's it comes up to a pretty high percentage, which kind of astounded me when I found that out because I didn't think I was drinking anything harmful. That's one of the main mm-hmm. problems about aspartame is people drink it because they think or eat it because they think that they're doing something good for their bodies.
1: Right, it's sugar free, sugar is bad, therefore I'm gonna do the diet so which is which is the perspective of my patients that come in with their various different chronic issues is that I'm mm. trying to be healthier. So I'm trying to yeah. do the, the diet soda and That's um That's the tragedy. My, yeah, exactly. I saw it in my dad's fridge. <laughs> <laughs> and he's a diabetic. And I was like, oh, you can't oh, drink oh
0: you know, Yeah, a, aspartame yeah, is, is especially bad for diabetics. And it's touted oh, really? for them as good for them. But it can precipitate diabetes and it can exacerbate diabetes. It's just not really good, a good substance to have. You should. It would be far better to learn the wonderful beautiful delicious elements of a celery stick <laughs> or right. an apple I mean an apple has sugar but um a piece of broccoli <laughs> or a red bell pepper or something that is natural from mother nature we're we're messing with mother nature in essence And it all boils down to the idea that if you mess with Mother Nature, Mother Nature will retaliate and kick you in the butt. So (laughs) you need to respect Mother Nature and learn to love the wonderful, bountiful, delicious things that Mother Nature provides.
1: Yes and so yeah it's very hugely we really encourage people to you know go to the farmers market ask the farmers what they're feeding you know the their meat and um if they're eating meat and then their vegetables, and most of the ones around here are organic, even though they're not certified organic because it's very expensive to get the certification. But they're very clear on what, you know, what they want to eat themselves. And they don't want toxins in their body. So at, at least our local area, we are so fortunate to have pretty big farmer's markets where we can get all sorts of stuff. And I even get my um, uh, some of my meat delivered to my office every Saturday, <laughs> my eggs. That's and wonderful. Life. Yeah. Farmers yeah, markets obviously are I'm great. Yeah, I am the high that high meat metabolic type. <laughs> 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 I, yeah, I get my bacon and my eggs, you know. That's 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 my type. Um you know, it's so, uh, going back to the pectin thing, um and and you probably don't know the answer to this, but it's just a curiosity that I had is uh one of the one of the people uh in your film says that once, you know, the methanol can break down or tries to break down, it uh turns into formaldehyde. Did I get that right?
0: Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So does. formaldehyde
1: is embalming fluid, and uh, and that's uh, that's that's pretty scary stuff uh, to break down into formaldehyde, and uh, <laughs> uh, and I was just thinking, you know, they said that it doesn't get released from the body. The formaldehyde. No. Just
0: yes. It, it it just builds up in the muscle tissue, and oh, in and the, the brain mu- too.
1: Oh, interesting. Well, I wonder if we could reverse engineer, because uh, I know citrus pectin, there are some supplements. Uh, I'm trying one right now called Pectazol C that actually helps bind toxins. And I have to talk to the manufacturers. I don't know whether it binds formaldehyde, but I'd be really interested to know whether it does that. You know, kind yeah, of like that would be
0: interesting.
1: To see if we can get some of that formaldehyde out. Like, I don't know if you can sweat it out in the sauna or, you know, do any other sort of detox. Um, because I guess that would be like a volatile organic chemical, right? So that's that's a fat soluble mm-hmm. chemical and uh, a little trickier than, uh, say, mercury. I mean, mercury's bad, but you know, mercury. There's several different things that attach to mercury very easily that, that can pull it out of the body. Mm-hmm. That we, that yeah, we it, it's uh,
0: um, the formaldehyde is a complicated issue. The industry tries to cite certain studies that are industry funded that talk about how, well, because formaldehyde breaks down further eventually into formic acid, which is harmless to the body, but they make the claim that it's the formic acid that's problematic, but it's not. And um, the formaldehyde is really embalming fluid, like you mentioned, and it's, a horrible, horrible substance,
1: so is it so they're saying it breaks into formic acid, but it doesn't in our bodies
0: no, it eventually does the The okay. interesting thing is that when they look under the microscope for formaldehyde, what do they or for toxins, what do they put on the slides for the tissues?
1: Yeah, they put this special dye stuff.
0: They put formaldehyde
1: mm-hmm.
0: to preserve the tissues, and then they're oh, okay. looking for toxins, so they don't see the formaldehyde because they put formaldehyde on the the slides.
1: Oh, so I see. So it's
0: a really, really convoluted thing. And the other thing, this is for methanol in particular. Um. We're the only creatures on the planet, human beings, that cannot um, eat methanol, that it's a toxin for. For animals, it's not a toxin. It's like alcohol for us. It's, Ah. It's fine for them. We had a mutation long, long, long ago. So... The methanol is not a pr- problem for them, but it's a problem for us. So when we do animal studies, it's fine. But for people, it's very damaging.
1: Ah, I see. Yeah, you can't use animal studies as a basis to say it's safe for humans because we don't right. have that ability to break down Exactly. Ethanol. Oh, wait, that's, wow, that's really interesting. Well, I have somebody that I know, not a really good friend of mine, but a friend of a friend, and um, he's a very, well, I don't know if he's now, but he was very, very addicted to Diet Pepsi or Diet Coke and would just
0: oh. drink
1: probably two liters a day. And what's really interesting, he was also an alcoholic, so he drank a lot of alcohol a day. And I'm wondering whether on some level, uh, intuitively, his body knew that he had to, like, detox the methanol, and therefore, if he drank all that alcohol, it would
0: it would prevent that's (laughs) a really good point dr karen exactly methanol well you probably know being a doctor that the um classic antidote for methanol poisoning in the hospital is to get patients drunk and keep them drunk for two or three or four days until they get better that is something that always happens in the hospital
1: Hmm? It's to force the methanol out, like to compete, like the ethanol will force it out of the body? Is that how it works?
0: Well, no. How it works is that the alcohol will bind to the receptors that, or where, go where the methanol wants to go and push the methanol away and latch on to that place in the body. Mm-hmm. So the methanol can't do any damage when you drink. So... I don't recommend anyone become an alcoholic,
1: but <laughs> I
0: do I do re- actually recommend, um, and this is from Dr. Woodrow Monte, I recommend drinking one um, shot of alcohol per day. And the best way to get it is from um, a vodka called Gordon's Vodka, which is the uh one they have a process where they don't get they take all the methanol out of the alcohol because most alcohols except for beer which is another option is um has a lot of methanol in it naturally in the process yeah. of making the alcohol so when you have gordon's vodka it's okay so one shot of that a day is very protective for you
1: oh interesting okay yeah you, you explained that so much better than i did thank you so much <laughs> oh well thank you that's the first i know what i'm talking about in my never. brain i don't always i don't always translate it well uh to to you know the, the layman's terms so that was a very good explanation thank you well that's
0: all i have to work with dr karen <laughs> so i guess that helps
1: sometimes well, talk about, uh, first of all, like, you know, what kinds of illnesses or symptoms uh, have you seen in your exploration and within your two films from Aspartame? What kinds of things uh, that, you know, diagnoses and things that they could potentially have from the Aspartame? And then second of all, um, two completely different questions. The second question is like, you know, like how many products do we actually have on the shelf that have this stuff? So let's start with the what kind of diseases or illnesses or symptoms would people or might get if they have aspartame toxicity?
0: Well, uh, one of the things that I saw a lot was MS, of course. But then I also saw a lot of brain tumors being mm. described by people. And then different symptoms like um, a he- headaches were very common, dizziness Memory loss was extremely common, and that was something that seemed to linger in a lot of the patients. As they improved, they would still have memory loss. I I had one, a lawyer actually, who had to quit practicing law because his memory was having problems. And he went to his door one day, he was making himself some tea, and then somebody knocked on his door, and he went to answer the door, and he had forgotten that he was making tea, and his kitchen caught on fire. Oh, no. He was able to contain it, but still it was like, oh, you know, because that's the weird thing about aspartame toxicity in my experience is that you lose things that are very, feel very, normal to you and you're used to them and you've lived your whole life with these abilities and then they get ripped from you but you still feel completely normal like when I was at my sickest I would try to say reach for a glass on the coffee table and my hand would I would think in my head I'm going to get this glass and I would move my arm to get it, and it would end up a foot away from the glass. But I would think, oh, this is easy. I can do this. And ah. so it's important to be very careful, especially when you're doing something like driving on the highway or trying yes. to, you know, do something that could be con- could be construed as dangerous or is dangerous to yourself or other people potentially, you know, not to just assume you can do something when you can't.
1: Mm. Did you ever come across anybody with uh, Lou Gehrig's or ALS with uh with the I have. have the yes.
0: Yes. That's yeah, is that another... common or
1: not that common?
0: Um, I can't really say if it's common or not common. I just know that it's a symptom of aspartame poisoning. And I've met a few people with ALS, but I can't really say that, you know, when I look at the country, I haven't looked at the statistics of that particular disorder, but I know it's something that can happen. Oh, the other thing is fibromyalgia.
1: Yeah, that's what I had. (laughs) Yeah, I wasn't a big diet soda drinker, but I'm mean, going to have it from time to time. But, um, uh, but yeah, that is that is that is like epidemic levels, uh, you know, in the country. And now I'm seeing children with it. It's so sad. Oh, no. Um, we never had this 10 years ago. Children, you know, young teenagers with fibromyalgia. I mean, it's ridiculous, you know, to literally. They're going to have to make a new diagnosis code for juvenile you know, like they have juvenile diabetes. You know, now they have. They're yeah. gonna to have to have juvenile fibromyalgia. And that's it's crazy. Horrible. It's all toxic stuff. That that yeah, it's so sad. Um, now we have. I just want to make sure uh, people know your website. So I've got here www.sweetremedyradio.com. Is that right? That's you yeah, can find you. Yeah, that's
0: it. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, that's great. Lots of great information on this page. So Sweet Remedy. Radio.com, where you can connect with Corey and uh, get a couple of copies of her awesome DVDs, uh, Sweet Misery and Sweet Remedy. And Sweet Remedy kind of ex, uh, expands more. You know, we talk about uh, um, glutamate and the other things you can actually do in your life to avoid these things. Uh, inspirational stuff about the uh, native people um, growing their own beans again. I love that piece, that was wonderful. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, uh,
0: they they are very a very special people, and the the particular tribe that I went went to for the documentary, they have the highest rate of diabetes in the world, or they did when we made oh. the documentary, and before the convenience stores and the bad supermarkets came to town. In their reservation, they didn't have any incidence of diabetes, and so they're trying to return to their native foods
1: ah yeah that that was that's so great that's very inspirational um, so if you uh, uh if somebody goes to the store uh what are the chances they're going to find aspartame in the food in the store
0: it's um it's hard. It's difficult to predict. Usually, if a product is labeled diet, that gives you a good inkling. But it's hmm. not always in products that are labeled diet. Like I said, I'd taken the breath mint. Oh, I didn't mention to you. When I was ill, I took breath mint tabs for under my tongue. Somebody, uh, my mother in law gave them to me to take, and they <laughs> I couldn't see. The the ingredients, but I thought, oh, Breastman tabs, they're not labeled diet. They should be fine. And I I was bamboozled because they had aspartame in them. So it's not always diet, but a good rule of thumb, one thing you can look for is if you don't want to read the whole laundry list of ingredients that can be sometimes extravagant, is to look... For a phenylketonuriae warning on the label, it will say, Attention, ah. phenylketonuriae contains phenylalanine. And phenyl- phenylalanine is one of the three breakdown products of aspartame. Aspartic acid and methanol are the other two. And phenyl- phenylalanine is an amino acid, and we need that in our bodies, but some people have a genetic disorder that makes them unable to metabolize the phenylalanine, and they're called phenylketonuriax. It's P-H-E-N-Y-L-K-T-O-N-I-A-C-S, I think. Um but That's pretty it's, close. <laughs> yeah, well, oh, you, Nuriac, I'm sorry, U-R-I-A-C-S. But it um, yes. it's not F. It's pH. That's the big right, thing. But right, you yes. need to and that, look and that for pH at the
1: bottom. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yes, so it's a, a little of-
0: box usually.
1: Mm, oh, that's a great tip. Thank you. And I think you know people stick with whole foods. you know, They can buy uh, you know from their farmers markets and make their own food, staying away from box bags, cans you know, that kind of thing, they're going to be a much, much less uh, opportunity to be contaminated with the, the aspartame. Um, and that's another, you know, thing that uh, Yeah, that that's, do.
0: that's a good rule of thumb. I try to avoid any ingredient with more than five, maybe 10 ingredients in it. It's 10 being if it's some chocolate cake that I
1: haven't had in
0: 10 (laughs) years or something, and I want some chocolate cake. But that's rare. Yeah, making
1: stuff ourselves.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you you have to live. That's something that I've learned, too, because for a long time I was afraid to eat anything Mm. at all. And finally I was like, okay, Corey, once in a while you can have this. And I listen to my body, and that is the biggest thing I would say to anybody is learn to listen to your body. That's where meditation comes in. That's where taking long walks and thinking comes in. And listen to the heartbeat of your body, the, the soul of your body. It will talk to you, but you need to listen and you need to learn to listen.
1: Yeah, that is fantastic uh fantastic advice. And oh my gosh, our time is time is up uh, uh unfortunately and uh again everyone who's listening in um live on the replay uh www.sweetremedyradio.com you'll see the two films there available in Corey's store. I highly recommend that you get it. Make sure everybody you know watches it. Um, and Corey, I just gotta say, you know, just looking at your before pictures and, you know, and then looking at you now, uh, you look completely <laughs> different. I mean, I mean, two seconds, can you just summarize, like, how, you know, what what it was like before and after, how you, how you look, even just not just how you feel. Oh, you before it, when I before I got sick, I felt like I had
0: a piece of ceramic stretched across my face i looked bloated and unhealthy and puffy and just sick and red blotchy and now i feel vibrant and alive and jubilant and ready to face the world and it's a beautiful feeling
1: ah fantastic okay awesome so thank you Corey, again for spending your time with us and uh, we'll stay connected i'm sure
0: Yes, thank thank you very much, Dr. Karen.
1: Oh, yeah, my pleasure, and thanks for everyone listening in today. Until next time, bye for now.